there's two routes in most technologies. And I think sports and health can learn so much from other industries that have been leveraging data science for decades. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we have Dr. Phil Wagner, the founder and CEO of Sparta Science. Phil is a physician and strength coach whose own athletic career as a football and rugby player was cut short by a series of avoidable training injuries. His commitment to data-driven coaching and athlete development began as a strength coach for UC Berkeley and UCLA and as a professional rugby coach in New Zealand and Australia. Frustrated by a lack of evidence-based approaches to athletic performance and injury prevention within professional sports, Phil received his medical degree from USC Folks on Biomechanics. This passion for protecting athlete health and longevity through injury resilience, coupled with his medically orientated human performance mindset, inspired him to found Sparta Science, a movement technology and data science company focused on improving musculoskeletal health. As you might have guessed it, today's show is all about how do you use technology to optimize human performance. As we repeated a few times in the interview, everyone's only got one human body, so how do you get the most out of that? And how do you understand the movements and how that affects that? So we'll fire straight into it with Phil. And if you've got any feedback on the podcast or you'd like to get in touch, you can always reach out to me, thomas at sportstechworldseries.com or find me on LinkedIn, Thomas Alomes. And great to take that conversation further. That's all from me for now. Here's Dr. Phil Wagner. Dr. Phil Wagner, founder and CEO of Sparta Science. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So could you just lead off with a bit of an introduction about what uh, Spider Science do, what areas you're working with, and some of the clients that you're working alongside? Yeah, so Sparta is a, a movement health platform that uses AI and machine learning to identify, you know, injury risk and performance needs um, using machine learning to assign, you know, individualized programs to everybody from athletes to seniors that are trying to prevent fall risk. Yeah, so across the full concept of what you consider um, human performance. And uh, I mean, that last point on, on seniors there is probably a, a good jumping off point to discuss trends in the industry in terms of what you're seeing from um, that human performance space. So obviously, if we look at very big picture around human performance, you start at the elite level, whether that's warfighters or athletes, and now you're seeing this technology kind of move across um, into consumer areas, into what is traditionally the domain of health tech and med tech, um, working with, with seniors or, or people coming back from injuries in, in that level. Where, where are those trends kind of, what are those, those trade winds that are pushing the industry? Yeah, I think the one thing that unites, you know, all the different, you know, populations or, or movement, right? And that's, you know, how we move has such a strong effect on the quality of our lives, you know, and, and whether that's the desire to compete and excel as an athlete or someone that serves their country or someone that's really trying to, you know, age gracefully and be involved in as many activities physically um, as they were when they were younger, you know, but, but ultimately movement, underlies, you know, all of those pursuits and, and really so many other conditions that we encounter, you know, whether that's mental health all the way to metabolic diseases like diabetes. So it's, it's, it's getting the best out of the one body you've got, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's just totally, 
yeah, it's, it's getting the most out of what you've got and, and really trying to, I think, use and leverage movement as a tool that can help all the other conditions that you may encounter from a disease and health standpoint. And is that uh, like what's driving the, I guess, increased focus on it? Is it, is it that the technology is becoming more accessible or is it more just that the actual zeitgeist of how we think about bodies is evolving? Yeah, I think, you know, there, there, there's a few drivers. I mean, at the individual level, you know, everybody wants to, I think, do more, you know, with less, right. And so how they can, how can you live a richer life, you know, as an athlete um, or as a senior. And I think the thing that it's shared is we're all limited by time. How much time do you have to invest in your physical movement? And so how can we leverage data and technology to really drive that desire? You know, and I think on the other side, from an organizational level, the driver's cost, right? What's the cost of these injuries, you know, directly, you know, whether that's insurance and, and surgeries or indirectly, which is productivity, right? If someone's operating, you know, at a lesser level because they're injured or because they're struggling mentally, how do you invest in your people to actually deliver, you know, a more cohesive team in business or in sport? Yeah. So, so drilling down on that a little bit, um, what role is technology playing in that the injury prevention? So obviously the cost is, um, you know, you're playing a star, sorry, paying a star player a lot of money, they get injured. That's, that's very simple um, for maths for anyone out there. And as you said, um, probably the more nuanced thing around productivity with a team, whatever else is happening. How is technology helping with injury prevention and that um, meeting that cost driver? Yeah, I think that the term in, in military is how do you stay left of the bang, right? The bang being the injury, right? Yeah. So, you know, how do you, I think what's driving a lot of this is the recognition that, you know, prevention and, and proactive health really is the ultimate way to prolong, you know, an individual's health because the biggest predictor of injury is not any technology, whether that's Sparta or anything else. The biggest predictor of injury is a previous one. Yeah. Right. And so once that snowball starts, right it becomes difficult, more difficult to really prevent ensuing and subsequent injuries, right? And so that's really, I think, where most technologies are trying to intervene and, and help is to prevent, you know, those initial injuries so subsequent ones don't become more likely. Yeah. So, and I mean, I guess, speaking to, to Sparta in particular, how, how does your product try and prevent, predict, whatever else term you want to use um, around that initial injury? How do you, how do you I kind of understand what's happening with the movement to be able to go, this person's at risk um, of potential injury? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the focus tends to be too much on the symptoms and the result. And so we really focus on the identification and the cause, you know, we, we refer to Sparta as a movement vital sign, 
you know, and like if we were gathering heart rate and blood pressure and regular health intervals, why don't we have a standardized movement vital sign that gives insight into either validating what you are doing or questioning what you are doing to make some of these adjustments, right? Um, and so it's that we have individuals stand, you know, on a force plate just because the granularity is so vast relative to a lot of wearables or sensors. So we use that highly granular device to drive millions of data points into a machine learning data lake and pipeline that then can create models based on that individual and their desires, their goals, and that can match up, okay, here's where you're at relative to your peers. And then based on your goals, your occupation, you know, here's the best plan to evolve or prevent injuries from the activities you choose to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, um, and we kind of just focus a little bit on injury, but I mean, there's, there's that, that's one part of it of optimizing movement is obviously preventing injury, but then it's also just getting better at what you're doing. Um, kind of a negative versus positive outlook on it. Um, and one of the things that we're talking with a lot of um, high performance professionals is the hardest thing about predicting injury is if you, it's one of those things that you can't prove because you can't exactly prove because the sense is if you go, well, we think someone's going to injured and then you prove it by not doing anything about it and they do get injured and you go, aha, we were right. <laughs> Ethic, ethically, what have you done there? You know, and then the other side yeah. of it, you know, um, well, we think someone's getting injured and you pull back, you change their, either their game time or their, their training regime, they don't get injured and you go, we think we were right but we can't actually right. prove it, which is a, a I guess, a, um, a bit of a bit of a wicked problem to have in that space. But certainly, it's you can, uh, as you said, by getting a baseline and understanding of that that vitals of someone, and then if they do for whatever reason do get injured, you through machine learning can compare that to someone who's got a similar profile and go, well, you are showing all the indicators of a potential injury. So, um, absolutely. Is that so kind of that, that explanation of that? Do you see what you do or what other performance tools all kind of integrating and speaking to each other? We've had our Will Ahmed from, the, from Whoop on the show. We had um, Troy Taylor from, from Tonal, formerly of um, US Ski and Snowboard, and talk to him about will a Tonal ever speak to a Whoop? You know what I mean? Like, and that's obviously much more on the consumer side, but do you think it's one of those things that there will just be so many high quality products that are doing these things in the space that for holistic health, they will integrate or is it companies will just build out their offerings beyond that? And then you just become, you know, then it becomes much more uh, kind of zero sum game. Yeah, I think, no, it's a great question. I think there's, there's two routes in, in most technologies. And I think sports and, and health can learn so much from other industries that have been leveraging data science for decades, right? Like financial FinTech, right? Or e-commerce. And they generally look at it in two ways. There's a, a vertical path or there's a horizontal path, right? And the vertical path is kind of, like you mentioned, building out your own ecosystem, Whereas horizontals integrating with 
with other technologies more. And I think each company or in technology kind of chooses their own path, you know, and, and where they feel they best fit into that. You know, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're more of a horizontal approach where we are integrating and plugging into other technologies and systems to provide that vital sign. Yeah. You know, an example is probably the, the integrations we've prioritized the most have been electronic health records because that way we can push into a system, whether that's for rehab or baseline that allows the practitioners, physicians to interact with, you know, a over time, how someone's movement is being tracked, you know, but I, but I don't think it's not that either path is the better one. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, in certain product areas, it is, obviously something like a, like a whoop is not going to integrate with an Apple watch like that's, or an, an Amazon, I think it's echo echo or Halo. Halo yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was about to say Amazon Alexa. That doesn't make any sense. Amazon um, Halo, because uh, they're very clear competitors in the space. Like that is, you know, that, that's, that doesn't make sense, but certainly with other um, performance tools, fitness, all that kind of health and wellness is how do you then, yeah. And, me personally, I'm I'm very much in favor of the um, the horizontal approach because I think um, it may sound a little bit corny in business, but you know, rise bigger the pie, create a bigger pie. Don't try and cut a bigger slice. You know, rising rising tide lifts all boats. Um, but in the long term, it means that you can create a much more robust ecosystem, and you also get to get better products because you just have you know you have specialists coming in and going. This is what we're excellent at, and then go. How can we integrate with that? rather than someone who might be great at hardware coming in and saying, we're going to build a data platform and it's, um, it's not great, which is, which is also the tale of, uh, of big tech trying to enter into this area. So that's certainly another, another area to watch. Absolutely. And, and we've got a, you had mentioned Smartabase earlier, and we've got a great relationship with, with Marcus and their team. And that's an example, right? We're horizontally, we're integrating within Smartabase, right? Yeah. We're not, a, a aggregator, right? Like, like Smartabase is, we're diagnostic that then pushes and integrates within the Smartabase system. So practitioners can, can be able to visualize and centralize that data. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and for, for some of our listeners who don't know, which um, I don't think there'd be many, but Fusion Sport, um, Marcus Deutsch, we had on the show as well, um, and their athlete management system, um, Smartabase. So the way that they've um, they've done that and they had a timing gate system that they just sold off to Vald as well. So Vald is, is, um, performance in that, in that more the diagnostic space as well. So there is a little bit of a, bit of a natural kind of settling of where people are focusing, um, at the moment. And do you think that's where, is that the, like the next evolution of, um, where the industry is going from? So from the elite level now to access to, um, I guess what you call a consumer health practitioner level, people going through um, physical therapy and stuff like that. Um, everyone's grandma, things like that. So that's been one evolution. What is the next one? Is it that integration and consolidation across the industry? Yeah. And I think also there's, there's a, there's quite a bit of um, need still for standardization. Um, Cause one of the challenges when you are dealing with health and, 
and humans, whether that's sports or seniors, is is compliance, right? Like, you know, how do you improve and inspire for more compliance? And a big challenge that's, I think, out there where folks are trying to solve is, is that data reliable enough to be able to direct insights and decisions? Mm. Because if that data is random or less standardized, you know, you really can jeopardize the trust of the organization and of the individual to say, oh, well, if I can, if I can, you know, if I take action off something and it doesn't improve, or if I take action off something that's constantly changing, you know, it's very easy for organizations or individuals to lose trust and therefore lose, you know, compliance with using that tool. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, coming, coming back full circle is where a lot of this growth in sports tech in the performance side has come from because you had um, very, you know, very inexact and differing ways of measuring human performance. Or even you think of like a classic example would be um, uh, say like blood pressure or something like that, like different ways, different cuffs, different tightness of the cuffs on the arms or something like that. You had all these different variables and readings um, just basically to the way that it was done, the way it was performed, the exactness of the technology and, and same in, in human performance, um, and which is crazy because it, it, it still exists in the sports industry in a big way. I was um, big way. consulting big clients. Way. We were connected in with an NFL team and we were talking about how they do scouting and recruiting. Um, and it, he was talking about using a tape measure to measure the dimensions of the college athlete prospects going into the NFL and saying that um, they all had different ways of doing it, you know, literally how long someone's arm is. Like they, and it would, you know, might be, might be very to an inch, like, you know, as, as much of that. So that's one of those things where you go, that's just insane in, in 2020, 2021, that that's there. Um, but bringing some rigor and some, I guess the scientific standards to this is incredibly important. Like you said, for it to be actually useful for the people who are using it. Yeah. And as you talk about trends along those lines, you know, we're, we're kind of in this big data phase right now. So I think one of the next trends is better data, right? And that is the data more reliable and therefore, is it offering more insights, you know, that can help guide individuals on how to better use their time? Because a lot of times, at least the way we look at data from a performance or from an injury standpoint is technology should really identify what you don't need to do. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times technology is like, okay, you're doing this, then you need to do this too. Right. And so you start building this long laundry list of all these things you need to do. And you're really just driving with the brake on. So good technology and good data should actually say, hey, do this. But more importantly, you don't need to do this. Right. And is that in terms of um, in terms of, say, actual physical exercises or movements is saying, yeah, do, these, do these movements, don't do these movements, both yeah. from the point of view of it's potentially harmful, but also just, it's not helpful. 
Yeah, yeah, both. I mean, I think, you know, for example, I got into this because I was a college football player and injured very frequently. And I'm convinced a lot of it was because our strength conditioning coach was excited that I was good at lifting. So I did a lot of heavy lifting because I was good at it and I could get on the leaderboard. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't moving well and I lacked a lot of mobility, but I was doing the things that could be measured and doing the things that I was good at as opposed to the things that I really needed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I, I guess also it comes back to that point around traditional concepts of what that is. It's, you know, looking at someone's max lifts and then confusing that with, with strength in a holistic way. Yeah. Cause strength is really the ability to produce force, which isn't strength is not the ability to lift more weight. Right. That's that, that could be a tool that helps that, you know, and I think you see it a lot, you know, your background in Australia in, in front row and rugby and all mm. offensive line here, a lot of those individuals feel that they have to squat, but we can't forget that in a, in a match or in a game, those individuals are squatting 60 times every snap or every set piece for a scrum. Right. And so do they really need to squat after they just squatted 60 times or do they need to do other things that, movement patterns and qualities they haven't really developed fully yet yeah yeah which is i mean and that's that's one of those fascinating things is like you said about big data versus better data is that you can look at a general term for movements but then you start breaking down into sports specific position specific and there's just that the depths that you can go into that is is incredible yeah, you really, it, it, you're right. It goes beyond sport. It's got to be really, you know, um, position or specific job, right? Because there's, there's an offensive lineman, a receiver, a front row, and a fullback. But then there's also a desk worker in the military. Not everybody's a Navy SEAL, right? So, you know, how do we approach those different job requirements in the military and in occupational settings in the same way? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fascinating. And that's, that's, that's the, I guess, the exciting thing is being able to, as you said, not everyone's a Navy SEAL, but bring some of these insights to, to bring it back to what we said that at the beginning, bring it back to everyone being able to get the best out of their, the one body you have. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you don't, you don't get another one. You yeah, know? And, I know and, that. And I've, I've, I've blown out my knee and I am fully aware of that as I sit here in a full leg brace. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that, that one wasn't to do with um, uh, human movement. That was a, a very large football player going sideways at my leg. So um, that's, <laughs> there's no amount of, uh, of, of strength conditioning that I think would have changed the outcome there. That's just... Yep, trauma. The, the fun part. Of, yeah, exactly. The, the, the fun part of life. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't really prevent injuries. I think when it comes down to prediction, what you're trying to do is reduce the odds, right, of those happening. But you can't yeah. eliminate it, right? You just, it, you know, it's, it's much more like a game of blackjack. You're playing the odds, and hopefully you increase the odds of the outcomes that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, great. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, Phil. I've got one final question for you before we uh, sign off. Uh, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time? 
uh, personally or as a as an observer as a take it take it how you want. We've had everything from Super Bowl victories to someone's under tens soccer team um, to yeah, you know, Olympics to everything else. Yeah, you know, probably. So when I used to be a strength conditioning coach, um, my my favorite um, my favorite experience in sport, you know, worked with the you know a bunch of sports from football all the way down was a men's volleyball team that went into the playoffs nine and 15, nine wins, 15 losses, went in the playoffs and went on to win 20 straight matches to win the national championship at UCLA. And that still is, is such a powerful experience in my mind because it just exemplifies all the great things that, that sports can teach you, which is, you know, it's really how you finish right and you know being resilient mentally and physically during those struggles but at the end of the day it's such a merit-based environment that you have the opportunity to you know have those great comeback stories yeah yeah definitely any any given sunday it's yeah it comes down to who's the better team on the day that's right that's right and and really what happened in the past you know can be quickly corrected if there's both a belief and a commitment to achieving it yeah and obviously also the um the healthier players to to smash through 20 straight games yeah 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 and to see that confidence build in, and i think those lessons build in those individuals that go on and do other things beyond sports and taking those lessons and applying it to whatever environment they they evolve and grow into yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time, Phil. Um, it's been great to have you on the Sports Tech feed. Yeah, thanks for having me, Thomas. There you have it. That was Dr. Phil Wagner, founder of Sparta Sports Science. So understanding human movement from across that full spectrum, from the elite sports person to, say, senior citizens or, or people that are trying to get as much out of their bodies as possible in, in a similar way to elite athletes trying to get that one two percent obviously different motivations from uh, someone on the field versus someone in their twilight years but just incredibly important in both ways and it's great to see that these solutions are focusing across that full market both from the point of view of it makes sense i mean in terms of you look at allied health and and how big that uh, adjacent market is versus the amount of elite athletes in the world but then also just in terms of the kind of the warm fuzzies of of actually going well this is a noble cause to be to be helping people live longer, happier, more fulfilling lives. As always, I've been your host, Thomas Loams. Thanks for joining us again on Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Ah!